Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. Hello, Simple Church, and welcome to SC Online. Whether you're in our online campus, our Facebook forum, maybe you're listening to this on the podcast or or wherever it is that you're listening to it, I'm just uh, grateful that you're here. If you're live with us right now, go ahead and pop up in the chat thread that that saying hi to people and tell them that you're there. Uh, let us know that you're here. It's good to have the 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 communication since we're not meeting in person yet. It feels like just yesterday we were meeting in person. Um, but, but it will be coming soon with the building and, and all that stuff. And we've got more information coming to you as we go down the road. Uh, but this morning, we're just going to jump right into the message. We are closing out, uh, the series in Galatians that Aaron, Galatians, Aaron's been walking through the first five chapters of the book of Galatians. Uh, week one, he was talking about the, the message of the tree of life that God has a gospel that is full of life. And, and week two, he was talking about a crucified life. In week three, he was talking about grace and God's amazing grace. Week four, he was talking about being sons of God, that God wants relationship and not religion. And then last week, he was talking about how daily we can walk with the Spirit and then that, and that the Spirit can lead us. Now today, I get to wrap up today with, with chapter 6. And the focus of today is going to be the responsibility that comes with freedom. That there is a responsibility that comes with this freedom that, that we've been given in Christ. And I'm, I'm going to start off in Galatians 5.13. I know we're going to be looking at chapter 6, but Galatians 5.13 is is where we start with the call. Galatians 5.13 says this, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. I love this verse. And, and, and depending on, on where I am in, in mood and in a mindset, I read this one of two ways. One is, is with a tone of relief. I can say, you, my brothers and sisters, you were called to be free. That, that Jesus's yoke is easy and, and, and I get to, I get to grasp that freedom, not from like a, like riding on a roller coaster, but just like a, ah, I was called to be free. And then the second way I can read it is kind of like more like a, a smack across the face. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. That, that there's this, there's this urgency and, and significance, significance that comes with this statement. And, and we can see in Galatians 5, 4, Paul saying, for if you're trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you've been cut off from Christ. You've fallen away from God's grace. Don't be a dummy. I'm no dummy. You were called to be free and, and free in Christ. And, 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 and I'm, I'm cool with reading it either way, whichever way you need to read it for where you are right now, either from a place of, or the smack upside the head, you go for it and, and you read it that way. So Christ has truly says free, continues on. Cause so Christ has truly says free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in the slavery to the law. That's the call. That's the call of freedom that, that he has given it to us. We haven't earned it. He has given it to us. And, and, and there's something that we're supposed to do with it, that we're, we're supposed to stay free and not revert back to where we were before being free to, to being slaves to the law, being slaves to the world. Once again, this call is for freedom. 
But just, just because we're called to be free, that doesn't mean that we don't have anything specific to do. That, that freedom is not just like, oh, I'm free to do nothing. Here's what not to do. Galatians 5.13 continues on with, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Wild Angels back in the 60s for, with, with Peter Fonda, but there's this scene where a judge is asking him, just what is it that you want to do? And Peter Fonda responds with this pause. He goes, we want to be free. We want to be free. Free to do what we want to do. And we want to have a good time. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to have a good time. Yeah, we're going to party, baby. But now he wasn't saying this from any kind of spiritual perspective outside of fleshly indulgences. That, that he was saying that, that we want to be free to do what we want to do, that, that that's what he meant. They wanted to do whatever they wanted to do and to have the freedom to do that. That's not the freedom that we're called to. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6.12, you say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though, quote, unquote, I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. This, this call to freedom, our freedom in Christ, was not meant to be used as a free pass for whatever indulgences the world can come up with. So, Pastor Tim, which indulgences aren't allowed? Come on, give us the list, because the, the stuff that I like better not be on that list. So if you, if you want to talk to me about your life, if you want to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation and share with me some of the stuff that you're doing, we can have a conversation about the ones that, that might be just like kind of out of line. But, but Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, 12, it's not, he's not running down a list of things, but he says, I must not become a slave to anything. So what each of us should do on a regular basis is, is to take into, into serious consideration and prayer the, the things that we do, the things that we consume, the things we think on, the things that, that we allow into our mind, into our mouth, into our body, into our ears, and, and allow God to root out those areas that, that we've handed ourselves back into slavery in. That, that, that there are some things that you're probably doing in your life where you have given up your freedom, that, that in this freedom, you've actually given it back and become slave to the things of the past, the things of the world. We haven't been called to be free just to chuck that freedom away, indulging ourselves. Now, there's a, there is a very clear call of freedom in these verses, and it has a very clear responsibility that comes with that freedom. Galatians 5, 13 through 14. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather... Serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. You want to be obedient to God? You want to see your calling play out? You want to be free and see that freedom make a difference? This is the path. This is the responsibility that comes with the freedom that Christ offers. This isn't the legalistic path to earn our freedom or, or to earn grace or to earn salvation. This is, this is actually grace, a grace-emboldened path that is a response to that freedom that he's given us. To serve one another humbly in love. To love your neighbor as yourself. Now, as we jump into Galatians 6, Galatians 6 just fleshes out this responsibility even further. The, the entire chapter is basically dedicated to what this looks like. But I'm going to jump to Galatians 6.10 for the therefore and work from there. So Galatians 6.10 says this. Therefore, 
As we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So here's the first element of the responsibility of freedom, and that is to identify our all people. That, that we're called to do good to all people. This is not a command for you personally to, to do good to everyone in the world, that you're not going to be able to handle the 7 billion people in the world all on your own. But, but this is a, a command for you to do good, to do good to the all people in your world, in your 20 square feet of influence. So who are those people? Who are the people in your 20 square feet? Your, your immediate 20 square feet would be your, your family, your spouse, your children, your parents, the, the people that live in your household, depending on, on who you live with. And, and if you expand out that 20 square feet, then you've got your friends and your neighbors, coworkers, and, and maybe ministry team members, people that you're in regular contact with. And as we continue to branch out, your all people would include like store employees and customers or the community of people that you hang with that, that Aiden and I, we spent a, a weekend a couple of weekends ago playing Pokemon Go as on GoFest. And, and we were around a bunch of people, didn't know any of them intimately, didn't know any of their first names. However, that was a community of, of people that I would consider my all people. Post up in the thread some of the, the, your unique communities within your 20 square feet. Who are your all people? The, the people around you as, as you do your daily life. Now, maybe you're looking at your 20 square feet and you realize that you don't have it many people in your all people. It's been a tough year that, that quarantines and isolation has, has just kind of like reduced our 20 square feet and our spheres of influence. But, but, but this is not a good reason to BCD about the quantity or quality of your all people. Take some time and intentionally purposefully consider the people in your 20 square feet, your all people. And if it's lacking right now, consider expanding your all people. You can join a dream team, join our, our community support team that, that, that we've got a community of people in our congregation at Simple Church. They're, they're figuring out ways to make a difference in relationship and serving outside of Simple Church. Maybe you need to join a grow group or there, there are easy paths for you to expand your all people. But you may be saying, Pastor Tim, I'm an introvert. I kind of run that path too. I just, I don't like being around people. I like being around people, but I, I feel like I just don't need to be around people. I, 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 I can be inside. I, I can totally understand. But, but even as an introvert, you have your all people and, and that, that, that room of all people can expand. And, and I don't want you to like shift away from being an introvert to, to being a hardcore extrovert. But, but if you're an isolationist, if you're intentionally putting up walls to keep people out or significantly restricting the number of your all people, then, then you're going to struggle with, with being obedient to this command that you're going to struggle with, with actually rolling well in the freedom that you've been called to. And, and I would venture to say that, that you're probably just using this freedom to indulge your fleshiness, to indulge your, what you want rather than what he wants, what God wants. So you need to identify your all people and, and acknowledge that, that they are all the people that God has placed you with and around, that, that he has placed you specifically where you are so that you can have impact, influence to to see the opportunities of 
that, that he's got for you in that realm of those all people. So that's the first element of the responsibility of freedom. Identify your all people. Second element of the responsibility of freedom is to identify the opportunities you have. Verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. My default mindset is to think about me. My needs, my comfort, my pain, me, 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 my, mine, mine, I sound like Beaker. And when my focus is on me, myself, and I, I can be totally oblivious to almost anything around me. And that's not just to the detriment of others, but to myself as well. You've all watched the YouTube videos, the TikTok videos where, where people are, are walking down the street on their phone and, and they fall into water fountains. They stumble down steps. They walk into car signs. I think they're hilarious. But, but this is the re, the result of, of just focusing on yourself and the damage that it can do to you. And, and, and then there's the, the damage that can be done to other people. So you see the videos or hear the stories of, of people that are, are texting or on their phone or doing their thing while they're driving. And then the damage that is done when, when whatever happens, happens. Those aren't as much fun to watch as people stumbling into fountains and stuff, but. But, but get this, that, that when I take the, when the focus is on me, when, when it's all on me and not on others, I, when I'm ignoring you, I may hurt you and, and me. And, and definitely I'm not grabbing any of the opportunities that God's got for me with you. But when we begin to shift our focus to our all people, when, when I take the focus off of me and place that focus on the people around me, then, then I get to, I, I get to begin to see the opportunities we have to, to do good. The opportunities that God provides us to, to do good and love one another. If we tr- backtrack a little bit in Galatians 6, Galatians 6 2 says this, share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. Other people's burdens are our opportunities. So how do we identify these opportunities? Sometimes it's pretty easy. Are all others, let us know in very clear terms. A friend needs help moving and they post it up on Facebook. That's an easy opportunity. You see somebody with a flat tire and offer to lend a hand. A family had a baby and a meal train gets posted up and you bring them a meal. These are great opportunities, though they also might be considered low-hanging fruit opportunities, but, but they can be easily seen and easily grasped. They totally make a difference. They totally make a difference. But I would say that these obvious opportunities are really just a small percentage of the opportunities that are out there. That that when it comes to to my personal burdens, the the things that I struggle with, these these low-hanging fruit opportunities might not seem as super significant. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I totally love it when, when people come out to help me move or provide a meal that, that those opportunities that people take to, to serve me, to carry the, some of the burdens that are out there, let me know that I'm loved and the relationships can grow. But, but I probably would just look at those as being short term burdens, kind of like smaller burdens. Maybe even just first step opportunities in building relationship that leads to an understanding of the deeper burdens that can be shared. How do we discover those deeper burdens, the more significant opportunities? Identifying those opportunities is going to take work and discipline. After the discipline of intentionally and uh, intentionally identifying your all people, now you have to build a discipline of intentionally connecting with your all people. 
And when it comes to connection with your all people, you're going to have to build up the disciplines of, of intentional conversations and effective listening. Do I hear culture playbook, anyone? Are you able to have a conversation and listen to the other person? I know my default mode of listening is to hear enough to figure out what I want to say next, either in coming up with my own answer to the problem or sharing a story that is similar but probably more cool than theirs, um, that, that maybe I've got my phone out and I'm, and I'm listening, but really I'm, I'm, I'm just paying attention to the notifications that pop up. And, and my default mode can, can also be me, look, me making it look like I'm, I'm listening, but really I'm thinking about what's going to be for dinner or what I need to get at Kroger, that, that none of this is actually effectively listening or being intentional in the conversation. It's, it's really just focused on me again. But, but we, we have to build this discipline of effective listening, to, to listen, not just to hear the words coming out of their mouth or, or to provide an answer, but, but to hear them, to, to hear the tone, to see the, the body and facial expressions, to ask questions that come from a place of love and curiosity, not to problem solve, but to love and care for the person that's sitting across from you, that, that that's the first opportunity to, to listen to someone. When was the last time that, that you can think of that, that somebody was actually listening to you? That it wasn't just you talking, the other person bobbing their head, but, but, but that you were sharing and the other person was actually listening. What did, what did that make you feel like? Did, did it make you feel some relief? Did it make you feel a bit more free that the person sitting across from you was, was focused on you? What kind of impact could it be if you did that for someone else? That, 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 in that first case of intentional listening to, to connect with uh, someone across from you that, that you will probably hear these opportunities of, of burdens that you can step in and, and share to, to help along, to serve in love with. But, but this listening is not just to the other person. The listening is also listening to the Holy Spirit at the same time that the more significant opportunities of burden sharing all come from his help. That, that he'll help us identify what, what the opportunity truly is, that, that as you're in conversation, as you're paying attention, what they might be saying is, is the, the real challenge that the Holy Spirit might be saying, it might be something else and give you the question to ask to find out what is, what is really going on there. What real opportunity is there? What do those opportunities look like? Well, those opportunities are as diverse as there are people. Helping someone move or provide a meal, give someone a ride, loan out your car, shoot out an encouraging text, make a snarky comment as they're leaving the, the service to get someone to laugh. I've had people mow my lawn, shovel my driveway. I've had people sit with me when, when I was struggling really hard. Didn't need to solve the problem. I just needed someone to sit with. I've driven cross-country to help somebody move stuff. There's foster care and, and adoption. There, there, there are things that go from really small to really significant, where if you're paying attention and listening, you might see the opportunity that God has for you to share a burden. So how can you start finding and identifying these opportunities? First, be connecting with God. Prayer first, Pray first and, and listen to him. Ask for guidance and clarity on next steps and relationships. And as you do that, as you're growing in your relationship with God, start connecting with people. Find some activities and times where you can connect with some, with some of your all others and with, with the least amount of distractions. 
as I'm thinking through this and, and what people do, I know that, that Kyle likes to meet people over coffee at a coffee shop where she can put her attention on that person, that, that Erica invites people to, to walk with her in the park. I have people come over and hang out with me on my front porch or, or hang out over a meal. That, that in, in our grow groups, you have these opportunities to connect and listen. That, that I'm going to assume that, that Derek sitting over here would, re, would say that on the kickball team, there are probably opportunities to, to, to connect with God and your all others and find opportunities to, to love and serve. And, and then you could be serving at a local food pantry. There are dream center opportunities. There, there are so many ways, and these are just a few, where you could connect with your all people that would give you a chance to identify the opportunities to serve and share the burdens with your all people. Now, don't forget to consider that, that you have burdens that are opportunities for others as well. As you build connection with your all others and you're searching out for the opportunities to, to, to figure out what burden is that they're carrying and how you can participate in, in their walk, that, that you'll probably have the opportunity to be honest and humble and transparent and, and to share and that, that you'll probably have opportunities to open up and let them know where they can walk with you. Now I can hear some of you now saying, I would rather help someone move every weekend of the year than share where I'm hurting or need help. It's, it's way easier to help than to ask for help, right? And to that, I say, and know that I'm saying that to me as well, that, that each of us is in a position to be open and to provide opportunities for others. And it's tough. I am not a humble person. I'd like to say I'm a humble person, but I'm a fairly prideful person. And I'd like to think that I've got it all together and the stuff that I don't have together, I can do it on my own. And guess what? That's it, just not true. That's not true. That's not, that's, that's not a benefit to me and my walk, and that's not a benefit to others in their walk that, that I stay at a distance and not open up my arms and say, so here's where I'm struggling. Now, this doesn't mean that you go up to someone for the first time and say, hi, my name is Tim. Here's everything that is wrong in my life. Please carry my burden. In almost all the scenarios, there's some sort of relationship building that's key for certain burdens to be shared. But as uncomfortable as it may be, withholding those will not work out well for you. Will the, withholding those burdens prevent others from having those opportunities to make a difference too? Especially if you're one of the all people in the family of believers. Which leads me to the third element of the responsibility of freedom. The first was to identify our all people. The second was to identify the opportunities we have. The third element of the responsibility of freedom is to point back to Christ and his church. Verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. If the church and the family of God is, is, the, is the especially, that they're especially we're supposed to serve well here, then, then this verse is also telling us that the church and the family of God is the best place to take care of people. And if the church and the family of God are taking care of people well, that's where we need to point them. As we connect with our all people and share burdens, grabbing the opportunities that are presented, know that there is always a spiritual bent or need in that mix. Every need is ultimately spiritual. The, the burdens we all carry are not just superficial, that there's almost always a spiritual aspect to it. 
And while the work that we may, that we do may be in the name of Jesus and led by the Holy Spirit and done to glorify God, the reality is I may be able to share a burden, but only Jesus can take the burden. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This one I only say in the relaxed form because it is meant to be in a relaxed form. And, and this is where we point people, that we point them to Jesus. We, we, we point them to, to the rest that can be found in him, this yoke that, that he offers us that, that is, is easy and the, and the burden that we get to trade out is light. This is where we point to, point to. We point to Jesus and we point to his body, the church. There is really nothing more powerful than Jesus working in the local church through his people. When we get saved in Jesus, we grow within the church and, and the kingdom advances. And as we love God, his kingdom grows in small and big ways. I am unbelievably thankful for the local church in my life, in my family's life. I've been given awesome opportunities to serve, to grow, to, to encourage and be encouraged, to cha be challenged and spurred forward, to, to heal the, the relationships that I have with, with brothers and sisters in Christ are, are long lasting and, and some of the closest people in my life. And, and ultimately through the church, I've gotten to know Jesus better and I've gotten to experience his body at work. And we want to show people that this is what it's all about. That, that, the, that it's not just being free, but it's being free in him. That this responsibility of freedom that, that, that we have is, is to show other people what that freedom can be. And to do that, we identify our old people. We identify the opportunities that we've got and we take advantage of them. And we point back to Jesus Christ and his church. Because there's a promise in this freedom. Galatians 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. If there's this law of returns here that, that uh, the one who sows to please his sinful nature, Galatians 6, 8, the, this first aspect is a warning. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. If we live our own life. If, if we just wallow in our sinful nature, taking this freedom and, and we're going to party and, and, or you shift over into this religious legalism that, that we've seen through Galatians that we, that we try to earn things with God in our own control by cutting off body parts and stuff. No matter how good or bad it feels or how right it feels, it, it's really just to give us comfort because we feel like we're in control. But, but the law of returns is, says it's, it's always going to lead to destruction that Paul says, it's going to lead to destruction. But we step away from the, the, the fear aspect here and we go to the, the hope in life. Continues on. The one who sows to please the, please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. That, that as we live in this tree of life, as we experience the good things of God, as we walk in freedom, as we love others as we've been loved, we get to live the best life possible. 
It, it might not be an easy life or a comfortable life, but it'll be a supernatural life and a, and a phenomenally satisfying life. And ultimately, it's it's one that 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 will pay off in our eternal life. That that we get to experience life in, in a way that that God lays out for us, not in a way that we can control ourselves. That that is the better way. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest. A harvest if we do not give up. And, and, and I know that this last year and, and, and through the, the circumstances that we've just kind of like grappled with and, and probably some stuff beforehand, this life could just be kind of weary, that the work that we're trying to do can get kind of tiring and, and it's hard to stay focused and, and, and the world just kind of heaps on top of us. But, but, th- but there's a call as, as a community, as the church, to, to not become weary in doing good. And, and I really think that this is where the church coming together has a significant impact. Because on my own, you've heard me say it, I'm on my own. If I'm doing this Christian walk on my own, I'm, I'm basically screwed. I, I can't do it on my own. That I get tired really, really fast. And this last year where I've been the most disconnected is where I'm the most tired. And you might be in that same boat. But I, I want to encourage you to, to connect with your all others for their sake and for yours so that so that you can not become weary, that you can you can get the momentum back, that, that at the proper time you'll reap a harvest by not giving up. And what that means is that we've got to choose freedom every day. That this freedom is a responsibility, and a responsibility does mean discipline, that, that we've got to be intentional and purposeful, that, that we've got to have above-the-line, God-driven responses to the people and situations around us that our default patterns are just not going to get us anywhere except for destruction. And choosing this freedom every day is, is, might be choosing God today. That, that you might be a Christian, a lifelong Christian, but you're just like kind of, oh, I'm feeling weary. And today, you get to choose freedom. You get to choose God. And, and maybe you don't have a relationship with God and you're thinking, right, I, I don't have that. I want that freedom too. Today, you can choose that as well. It's, it's only a choice that, that you can make, that, that I can make for me. But, but know that, that it's the beginning of a relationship. And this relationship with God is different than church attendance or religion or legalism that that, that we experience his grace. We experience his grace, we experience his love, we, 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 we grasp his freedom and we get to run with it. That in, in his grace, we have his freedom and, it can, and life can all radically change. That it's not about what we do, it's about who he is and making that choice. So Galatians 6.15, it doesn't matter, matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is where we've been transformed into a new creation. Ah, and that sounds lovely too. That, that, that transformed into a new creation is, is like a process that we go through and, and you may be saved once, but the transformation continues on and, and every day. In, the, in choosing freedom, in choosing Christ, we have more and more of that transformation. 
So where are you today? Where are you on, on that path? Where are you in that relationship? Where are you in, in relationship to the freedom that he has called us to? If you're not there yet, if that's not a step that you've taken, today could be that opportunity where, where you confess and believe, that you confess that, that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and that you believe that he died for your sins. And, 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 and I'm going to say a prayer and, and you can follow in that prayer and know that the, the words aren't magical, but it's the confession and believing. And if, and if you're a lifelong Christian that's just kind of weary, you can, you can say this prayer too to, to, to rekindle the Holy Spirit in you to say, I'm confessing and believing again. I need, I need to take this step that this is the moment that matters. I'm going to say this prayer and, and you can follow along with me and we'll walk from there. Father, I, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this this call of freedom that, that you're offering up. Today, I take that step and accept that call to freedom. I, I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, and I believe that, that, he, that he died to, and was risen back to life to, to take on what I can't do. Today, I take the first step in my relationship with you, and I, and I pray that you show me that freedom every day teaching me more and more to be like Jesus and to see that transformation play out. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If that was your first time saying that prayer, if today is your first step on that path, know that, that everybody is cheering for you right now. And, and we would love to, to be an encouragement to you and you can be an encouragement to us that there is a digital connect card. And if this was your first time, I would encourage you to fill out the digital connect card and let us know that that you are beginning that that walk in freedom. Um, we would love to we would love to hear your story and know what's happening there. And and if you've got prayer requests, if you're if you've been on this path and, and you're looking to to get reconnected with your all others or take next steps, I would also encourage you to fill out that digital connect card and and start getting connected back into the body of Christ. And and if you're just looking for conversations or next steps or or trying to figure out what to do, the same thing. Fill out that digital connect card and let us get in touch with you. So the last part of our service today is giving. The different paths are on, on the screen and know that you know, everything that happens inside Simple Church and what we're doing as a church outside of Simple Church it all comes from, from the giving that you're doing. The, the building that we'll be moving into will, will be impacted by your giving and how we are able to connect and impact our community all happens because of you, that you're participating in all of that financially. So I'm gonna say one more prayer and then I'm gonna let you guys go and enjoy the week and hopefully we get to see you face to face soon. So Father, again, I, th I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity to, to gather together the way that we can gather together now. Lord, I lift up uh, our, our offerings to you. I, I pray that you just continue to show us how to use this to, to to meet the needs of our community and around the world the best way that we can, that, that, that we can make a difference as your church. We lift this all up to you. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Have a great week, Simple Church.